the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. So glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny A. There. Hey guys. Happy All Souls Day. Happy All Souls Day. Happy All Souls Day. Also known (laughs) as the commemoration of all the faithful departed, and there are many, right? So it is a big day. You're right, Gabby. In fact, uh, in fact, let's go ahead and get our day started, and uh, we're going to refer to that in our opening prayer. Uh, and as we pray today, um, as you're with us and listening, uh, your family, your friends, all those that uh, died in, in the hope of the resurrection, we're going to focus on them today and maybe in this prayer as well. Lift them up mm-hmm. as we remember them. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, on this commemoration of all the faithful departed, We ask you to listen kindly to our prayers for those that have gone before us and are being purified on their way to be with you in heaven. As our faith is deepened in your Son, who was raised from the dead, so may our hope of eternal life for these departed servants of yours also find new strength. We pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And, uh, and I was going to say real quick, you know, uh, even though the those souls that are going through heaven can receive our prayer, church teaching on whether they can pray for us is still not settled. But fear not, any mm-hmm. prayer given in their name, God's going to use that prayer for the souls on their way to heaven. So fear not, your prayers are going to be heard, right? That's right. Absolutely, Johnny. Thank you so much. Also looking forward to your gospel reflection. Johnny Abra will give us that in about eight minutes. Stay tuned. Johnny always has some great insights on today's gospel that you probably never thought of before. He has a wonderful take, so stay tuned. In 18 minutes, Deacon Gerard Marie joins us. He's a deacon in the Arlington Diocese, and he's going to talk about the organization called A Mom's Place, which is a lay apostolate of mothers of miscarried and stillborn souls. He's also going to be talking about his book called The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Loss. In 35 minutes, we'll be talking to Dina Dow. She's the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge and she's going to be talking about All Souls Day. And in 48 minutes, Marie Meany talks about her book, When Expecting Doesn't Happen, Happen, Turning Infertility into a Journey of Hope. So I see a theme here that I just noticed. The Holy yes, Spirit makes yes. the rundown. We're talking about some beautiful souls today, Alicia. Johnny, it's going to be a great one. Looking That's forward right. to it. Yes. That's right. You're right. It'll be a great show, and it will be a great weather day. It's mostly clear. It will be mostly clear today and warm in the afternoon with the highs in the upper 70s and lower 80s. Tonight, 
for Catholic Man Night. If you're coming, it will be mostly yes. clear. And everywhere else in our listening area, it'll be mostly clear tonight. Uh, with the lows in the 50s to low 60s. Uh, temperatures in our listening area is 58 in Baton Rouge, 60 in Biloxi, 66 in New Orleans, and the chilly spot in Ponchatoula, 57. It will be a great, great weather day. So uh, enjoy, mm-hmm. enjoy. We'll take advantage of that. Yeah. It'll be a beautiful day to visit the cemetery and visit your loved ones today. Mm-hmm. So uh, stick around because after the break, we will hear the gospel and Johnny Aver's gospel reflection. It's five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Today's gospel comes to us from John chapter 6. Jesus said to the crowds, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Thank you, Father. Chris Decker. Well, guys, in this gospel today, thank God for the mercy of God and for purgatory, who gives us an opportunity uh, to be one with him. So, you know, let's talk about purgatory a little bit this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, we're one holy Catholic and apostolic church. There's the church triumphant that we celebrated yesterday, those saints in heaven. Uh, the church militant, which is us fighting the good fight here on earth, and then the church suffering, which are those souls on their way to heaven, but needing to be purified to be freed of attachments uh, before entering uh, heaven, since nothing unclean can enter heaven. So that's who we remember today, those souls in purgatory who truly do benefit and need our prayers uh, to help them on this path. And we read this, in the, put, they put it this way in the catechism, Paragraph 1030, all who die in God's grace, but still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. But after death, they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. So uh, if you think about it, you know that intuitively. I mean, whether in the old, you remember in the old days, you get your mouth washed out with soap. Or uh, I remember growing up in New York where it was snowy. You had a, everybody had a mud room. You had to take everything off. You couldn't bring anything unclean into the house. You know, so, but it's even more true when we're talking about the interior soul entering the throne of God, who's all good and all holy. So this idea of purgatory, even if that name wasn't in popular uh, usage yet, it goes back to the earliest days of Christianity. We see this uh, prayers for the dead in the catacombs, even uh, late first century, second century. Earliest Christian writings, we see this. And in the earliest descriptions of the mass, there were specifically used prayers for the dead. So this was part of our sacred tradition. And out of this, of course, we see it echoed in Scripture. And so since, uh, you know, some of our non-Christian brothers and sisters, non-Catholic brothers and sisters have an issue with purgatory, let's run through some 
biblical references to this. You know, let's start with uh, even uh, a couple hundred years before Christ. We read about in the second book of Maccabees how about Judas Maccabeus and his uh, and his military forces were, were finding the bodies of their fallen comrades, and they saw that they were wearing these forbidden tokens. Therefore, we read, this is what we read, that Judas and his men, quote, turned to prayer, beseeching that the sin which had been committed might be wholly blotted out. He also took up a collection and sent it to Jerusalem to provide for a sin offering. And here's the important part. In doing so, he acted very well and honorably. Therefore, he made atonement for the dead that they might be delivered from their sin, unquote. So even if uh, some do not accept that book, as part of the canon, at least historically. This is the faith that Jesus and the apostles were raised in. And so in that context, now we turn to Jesus. Jesus says this, And whoever says a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So a number of great theologians, St. Augustine, St. Gregory, Venerable Bede, all spoke about that. They point out the obvious. This wouldn't make any sense unless some sins are actually going to be forgiven between the time we die and the end of the world, the final day. But Jesus gets more specific. In Matthew 5, Jesus says this, uh, Make friends quickly with your accuser while you are going to, with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So basically, Jesus is saying, you do get out of prison, you are freed, but things have to be made right. And it's important, too, that that word, uh, the Greek word here for prison, is the same word St. Peter uses later for a holding place. And this is the holding place that Jesus descended into after his death, death to liberate those spirits of the Old Testament. So Jesus goes, so uh, then we turn, let's turn to uh, St. Paul. He gets probably most, one of the more straightforward texts here. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, For no other foundation can anyone lay other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with, and he goes on to anything else, gold, silver, etc., the day, the day, which was the last day, will disclose it because it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work which any man has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Now you think about that, it's pretty powerful, especially because he's talking to Christians. The day is the final judgment, and this word for fire is used metaphorically as a purifying agent which in this context is consuming those attachments, those sins, those that, to sin, those vices, those imperfections, essentially whatever is not of God. And uh, so, so some non-Catholics will say, well, they're talking there about works being burned up, but not the person. This cleansing of sin is even mentioned. They're just testing the works. But if you think about it, uh, you know, that, the, the Protestant thought then the totally depraved sinner, the unclean, would therefore make it into heaven while watching his deeds kind of go up in smoke. But that doesn't make any sense. It's impossible for a work to be cleansed apart from the human being who performed it, right? So, because sin is interior. So, um, it's a beautiful teaching here, the, the, the idea of purgatory. And, and as you probably know, 
we don't know for certain the destiny of the departed other than those the canonized saints that we remember and thus we don't invoke them necessarily in the liturgy but it is clear that our prayers can and do help them on this state of cleansing as seen by many saints many visionaries and our lady others uh, so whether the souls in purgatory can pray for us this is something the church hasn't declared one way or the other but I think I mentioned this as we open. Don't worry that any prayer that we offer today and over the next several days, actually through the 8th, we can visit a cemetery and, then, and we go to Mass today and uh, say the Creed, Hail Mary, Our Father, it will have an indulgence. So all those prayers will make it to heaven, right? So apply that today. Yes. Beautiful teaching. Well, uh, stay with us. Uh, we're going to be... Uh, joined by Deacon Gerard Marie and has been talking about this uh, the Deacon and the Doctor a prescription for navigating child loss beautiful topic tough topic quarter past the hour now on Wake Up this is Franciscan Media Saint of the Day for November 2nd today is the commemoration of all the faithful departed the church has long encouraged prayer for the dead as an act of Christian charity but today's Feast of All Souls was slow to be formalized. It wasn't until the middle of the 11th century that St. Adillo, abbot of Cluny Monastery in France, decreed that his monks offer special prayers for the dead on November 2nd, one day after the Feast of All Saints. From there, the custom spread and was adopted throughout the Roman Church. Although graveside food offerings for the dead and other pre-Christian superstitions clung to this observance, more religious customs surround it as well. Public processions or private visits to cemeteries and decorating graves with flowers and lights are appropriate ways to remember the holy souls. In Mexico particularly, All Souls Day or Day of the Dead is observed with great fervor. Few people achieve perfection in this life, but rather go to the grave still scarred with traces of sinfulness. Some period of purification may be necessary before a soul comes face to face with God. The Council of Trent affirmed this and insisted that the prayers of the living can speed the purification process. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. We're talking with Deacon Gerard Marie. Uh, he's in the Arlington Diocese, and we're talking about an apostolate called a mom's peace for mothers of miscarried and stillborn souls. And this is a lot of information in his book called The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Losses. If you were to ask, say, for example, um, do miscarriages happen, your average Joe Catholic would say yes. But then if you were to ask, often do they happen? you would have less people that would know it happens to one in four uh, children. But then if you were to ask, and this is the important thing, where can they go when they have a miscarriage? What are resources for them? Most people would have no idea where to send them. And a lot of times for us, when uh, Kara started this foundation and I jumped aboard a little later, we realized we need to have resources out there People are having miscarriages or stillbirths, but there's no resource for the clergy or for a friend to send them to. So that's where a mom's peace comes in, especially with the burial rites to honor the little ones that we entrust to the merciful arms of our Heavenly Father. We want to be able to honor them as well.
because they are a gift from the Lord, no matter how long their little lives were. They still, if the parents wish to baptize the child um, before they miscarriage, the church says, okay, if, they, if you want to baptize them, we can give them the same funeral rites as we would a catechumen. And that's in Canon 1183.2. And a lot of people really? don't know that. Sometimes no. even clergy don't know that. And it's, uh, it's right there in canon law. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, yeah that's powerful. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. During that time, there's just a lot of pain, a lot of confusion, and and those decisions all of a sudden are thrust upon in the midst of all this. So, tell us a little bit more about some of these resources uh, that, and so like you're mentioning, for example, uh, I know that remembering your baby is really important and encouraged. In fact, and there's some resources like I think you guys have resources regarding the Garden of Remembrance, Our Lady of Guadalupe yeah. Shrine, but. What are some of the other types of information that, and, and make sure, please, sir, uh, Deacon, to give us the website as we, as, I don't want to forget so people can write that okay. down. Yes, yes. Well, I think some of the resources that are important, like you're saying, seeing the child's name, that's great. But what we actually do in the book is we talk about how to acquire this a navigation of child loss. So we look at the whole situation, the whole person. So we use the acronym ACQUIRE as a way to remember a thing. So like the A stands for attain prudence, things to say and not to say, because sometimes people want to support and they end up almost uh, hurting the heart, especially of moms even more. Like say, for example, someone's trying to comfort the mom and they say, well, you know, you can still have children. And the mom's like, no, no, you know, I want to oh. mourn for this child, you know, and they're not being malicious about it, but right. we want people to be able to attain prudence. So we give them some things to say and not to say, um, but then the care for the mind, the, the psychological, there is an emotional healing that needs to happen when you lose a baby, because when you have a person, you are attached to them. And this baby as human being, the mother and the families are attached to them. So we want to do psychological resources, which we put in the book. Then the body also goes through trauma. Um, a lot of times when a woman miscarries, they start to signal things that almost look like PTSD, but their body oh. also starts to, to be able to, to do things. So we want them to know what's going on medically. Then, of course, pastorally, the you unlocking God's perspective. How can we as a church accompany these moms and these families. We must, as a church, do this because the Lord wants to be with these families during their time of sorrow. And the I, the intersecting family perspectives, because moms will have to process miscarriage differently than dads. And even through siblings, a lot of times people don't think about that. But the little, say, the, when you lose a little brother or sister, those older brothers and sisters, they've lost a brother or sister. So they need to mm, have true processing these things then how does the community respond that's the last r responses from the community how can we help and then the e the engagement and healing so we look at all of these things in our book and we give resources we actually have a whole list no matter where you are in the country of resources that you can actually call in the back of the book it's one of our appendices so um, it, wow it's great that's wonderful. We're talking with Deacon Gerard Marie 
Uh, he's in the Arlington Diocese, and we're talking about an apostolate called a mom's peace for mothers of miscarried and stillborn souls. And this is a lot of information in his book called The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Losses. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, I think you mentioned about people saying the wrong things. I saw you have a link to this, 20 things you can do for those who are grieving. Uh, and, and you mentioned things to say and not to say. And uh, that's really helpful because a lot of times we, we want to help, but we don't know exactly what to say. So that's an example of some of the resources. I, I did see another resource there. I was curious about this. I understand there is a way you guys help uh, to have a confidential way for mothers to share with other mothers going through the same thing. I think it's called uh, Miscarriage Hurts or something like that. Uh, healing pathways is, is uh, that's just one of the things I saw in there. Uh, is that right? Yes. Yes. Doc. So um, my co-author, Dr. Sabine Heisman, uh, sometimes she has a group that they will meet online and they will, and they will be able to kind of come together as a community because the community does bring great strength to um, especially families when they've lost a loved one. Because a lot of times people think this is only happening to me. And especially when you've, when you've lost your child, you are losing your child. But there's a whole community of people that have also lost their child. And you can get great strength in being able to know that you don't have to walk through this alone. Um, right. so yeah, so we do, we do um, also lead um, generally about monthly. Sometimes it, when the holidays are coming up, we may have a, a, a little bit of lag because it's, it's tough to, to be able to do that. But... Generally, we have a group that, that meets online, and then sometimes we do retreats and um, talks and stuff for women that have had miscarriages as well. So we try to make the person and the families know that even though this is tough to lose a child, you do not have to go through this alone. The church is a source of, of grace for them. And, and I think it's one of the things, um, just talking with one another, a lot of times the question comes up and it's, it's like, okay, well, where can I go to help? What can I do? Where's my child? And I want to quote St. Bernard. He has a wonderful quote that we put in our book. It's, he said, said, what's going to happen to my child? Somebody asked him. St. Bernard said, your faith spoke for this child. Mm, Baptism wow. for this child was only delayed by time. Your faith suffices. The waters of your womb were they not the waters of life for this child? Look at your tears. Are they not like the waters of baptism? Do not fear this. God's ability to love is greater than our fears. Surrender everything to God. So, I mean, even St. Bernard realized that wow. women that had had miscarriages and stillbirths, they needed to be comforted. And the church realizes this too, which is why, again, it allows them the ability to give them Christian burial. Oh, that's so important. That's that's uh, beautiful too. Um, you know, I, and I know I was reading that we know that no two losses, no situations, two situations are the same. But this book and and the and this resources there, there are some universal things that uh, that that will help. So I want to make sure, Deacon, that uh, we can give out the the website and how people can uh, access these resources and also uh, how to get uh, a. a the book, The Deacon and the Doctor, A Prescription for Navigating Child Loss. How do people get in touch with you all in the book? So at A Mom's Peace, the, the website is www.amomspeace.org. Nice and simple. 
Um, and we would love to hear from you. As well, as for the book, you can just go to www.pascolam.com, and then in the search engine, just type in Deacon and a Doctor, and it will pop right up. Um, and it also is on Amazon Books if necessary. But I always love supporting the, the Catholic tour. So um, yes. www.pascolam.com, and then type in Deacon and the Doctor. Deacon is a wonderful, needed ministry. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for and, having uh, me. God bless you. You bet. We'll be put those links on our uh, notes page. So right after the break, we're going to be with Dina Dow talking about more All Souls Day. Good morning. It's 35 minutes after the hour. You're listening to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and Johnny Abeer. We're joined in our Baton Rouge studio by our friend Dina Dow. Dina is the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Welcome, friends. That's me. Good morning, everyone. We have been, I love <laughs> Dina comes in early and we get to chat and during the breaks. Jeff <laughs> lowers our microphone so we can catch up. <laughs> so we, yes, and so today, today is All Souls Day, it Dina. Is. Yeah, and Johnny did such a great job of laying those theological foundations. I'm like, oh, good. I can move on to my second part <laughs> of what I was really hoping to talk about today, which was um, just kind of the practicalities of All Souls Day and what that means to us as we live our lives every day in our journey to eternity. You know, we were brought into communion through baptism. So yes. um, our relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that Trinitarian relationship, um, was established at baptism, and that incorporated us in, into the mystical body of Christ, which is the, the Trinity, and right. it's everybody else yes. around us on the planet. Yes. And so the communion of saints, you know, thinking about yesterday's celebration of All Saints Day, and then today All Souls Day, we're always in communion with mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't end. Um, especially, you know, under Jesus Christ. And so Johnny was pulling up the catechism, and I'm like, oh, good, you went to that section. I'm going to go back to the other section. <laughs> it talks about, um, like, how we are united in community. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we have one faith, right? We're, so we're in communion in one faith. And then this is catechism paragraph uh, 949. And then we also have a communion in the sacraments, um, most especially in the Eucharist, right? So, I mean, hello. Yes. I mean, we call it communion, Eucharist, right. Thanksgiving. So we're united in the sacraments. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also have a communion of charisms, which is kind of a really great thing right now is, um, you know, there's a beautiful program called Called and Gifted, which is going around the diocese in different parishes. So we're uncovering our charisms, which we use for the glory of God in our everyday journey, in our pilgrimage. And then we have... Um, the communion of charity, right? So loving one another and doing things for other people. So having this mindset of being in communion, it, why should it surprise us that we're still in communion with one another as one passes into eternity? Yeah. And that's the big kind of thought for today is that thoughtfulness of those that have gone before us mm -hmm. and how we're still united in faith and how we still continue to pray for them. And, still, and we still have hope in the resurrection. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we were talking a little bit about uh, about death. Yes. And, yeah. And the you know that that isn't a necessarily a conversation that that people like to have. No, it's not a coffee shop conversation right. or a cocktail party <laughs> conversation. 
Um, and it's something that a lot of people avoid. Mm-hmm. But I always found growing up that if if I tackle the things that brought me the most like fear, mm-hmm. you know, basically mm-hmm. fear of the unknown, then I would be a little bit more comfortable with that. So, you know, it's it's so important, you know, at the latter part of the creed, we talk about resurrection of the dead and the life yes. of the world to come, right? Yes. Amen. So in between all of that, as our lives, living our lives as close to Jesus as we can along the way. Mm-hmm. So it distills the fears and it helps us grow in virtue and in holiness. And as our pastor said uh, yesterday in our All Saints Mass, He's like, we may not all be the big S's, right? The big saints, the canonized ones. But we have to remember that they are people too, right? They're humans too. And they face all the tragedies and the struggles that we do same way. Mm -hmm. And that there is an opportunity where they said yes to God, followed God's will, even when things were hard, even when they faced death. And so fear of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and the resurrection is what guides us along the way. That's why prayer is so important. That's why attending Mass is so important. That's why receiving Eucharist is so important. Mm -hmm. This is why confession is so important, too, because it's kind of a way that we can actually receive God's mercy and forgiveness of sins before we even enter into eternity, where we're faced with the reality, like Johnny was talking about, was, you know, heaven, hell, or purgatory. Mm -hmm, I mean, it's real. mm -hmm. I had a catechist ask me a couple of weeks ago, should I teach my parish school of religion children? about hell. I'm like, yes, yes, Jesus taught us about hell, right? So it's an opportunity for us not to be afraid of it, but to understand it and to know that we have every day to grow in holiness, to grow in virtue, to grow in communion with Jesus, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through prayer, through all of our experiences, and then, of course, grow closer to one another. Because all that love of God, that charity, pours out into our faith lives and how we walk with other people. And that's why we're here, right? That's why we're here. That's, that's why, why we do what we do. Yeah, because our ultimate destination is not this planet. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're, Father Josh Johnson always says, on our path to eternity, right? On our journey mm-hmm. to eternity. Mm-hmm. And it's something to look forward to. And we were talking about, too, um, at the break, the Blessed Mother and how Mary escorts us along the way. She is the one that is just this bright, shining, beautiful star she's referenced to. And she's always there beside us, interceding for us and being there for us, presenting us to her son and saying, this one, Lord, right? This one, my son. That's such a beautiful image. I can see that. So we're never alone. We're never, ever, ever alone. We can always have the saints surrounding us, those witnesses of faith. And at the same time, too, those that have gone before us. And I take that opportunity to really remember this every time we go to Mass. Because every Mass, we say the holy, holy, holy. But before we say the holy, holy, Father says, let's join with the saints and the the heavenly hosts as we proclaim your glory. And we all say holy, holy, holy. So I think about my grandparents that have gone before us, my Mm. friends that have gone before us, people that I've known, you know, in parish ministry or life or just even random people that come up in my mind. Oh, yeah, pray Mm. for that person, too. So we're all united yes. in this heavenly liturgy and the earthly liturgy at that moment. Like I could just see the doors opening so and we're proclaiming together. So never forget about those that have gone before you, but also remember them on days like today. Um, yes. I have a drawer full of um, holy cards from people's funerals that, you know, I'll, I'll kind of just 
say prayers for them each day, especially on this day too, remembering all souls. So visiting cemeteries, praying for the, for the, the dead, and the whole mm-hmm. month of November, we can do that because it's dedicated to the souls in purgatory and those that have gone before us. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, let's switch gears just a little bit and tell us about an exciting upcoming event in I January. know. We have so much going on right now. Yes. We traveled over 300 miles over the diocese this past oh month my in October. Goodness, just getting out in the field. It's been so beautiful. But yeah, the Women in the New Evangelization Conference is coming up January 28th. It's a Saturday. And um, I think Gabby's going to link us to the flyer or we'll have that up. Uh, yes. soon yes. but it's going to be hosted this year by Our Lady of Mercy Church mm-hmm. and we're so looking forward to hosting all the women in the Diocese of Outreach and in the region too so this is not mm. just exclusively yes. for people that live in our area people come from Texas and California awesome. and um, the the wine conference headed by uh, Kelly Walchrist who was hilarious uh, is going to be with us this year it's an awesome lineup yeah oh yeah, yeah awesome yeah. lineup yeah. so yeah. Um, we, I know for sure that our friends uh, two of our regulars, Kitty Cleveland, is yes. part of it, yeah. and uh, Katie Prejean McGrady. Yes, yes. So two of my all-time favorites, and and lots of other wonderful yeah, people. Yeah, it's going to be good. We also have spots for vendors too. If anybody's interested in becoming a vendor, you have a little table you can set up and um, sell your goodies or promote your goodies. But we're really That's looking awesome. forward to it. Uh, so January twenty eighth, it's a great way to start your new year too. Yes. The men's conference will be um, later. It's the Saturday after Ash Wednesday, and I think they've just started taking yes. reservations. They did too. So, yeah, yes. lots of things yes. to do to get ready for for That's 2023. Awesome. Yes. So tell us where we can go to find out more information. It's it's January 28th. That seems yes. far away, but y'all were getting ready for busy, busy, you know, Thanksgiving and Advent. And yeah, so. I think it's catholicvineyard.org yes. is the site. Yes. Yeah, okay. catholicvineyard.org. Okay. And we'll have okay. some more resources up on the Dossison website okay, at the end of the week. D-I-O-B-R.org. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And don't get, don't forget to get ready for Advent too, y'all. It's like coming up really fast too. So that could be our next conversation next month. That sounds great. That sounds great. I look forward to that. So, okay, that's January 28th. You can find out information, catholicvineyard.org or D-I-O-B-R.org to find out what all is going on in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. It's always great visiting with our friend Dina Down, the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Stick around. Marie Meany talks about her book, When Expecting Doesn't Happen, Turning Infertility into a Journey of Hope. It is 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. is 48 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. Join us for the Patriotic Rosary Daily on Catholic Community Radio at 12.30 p.m. Central Time through Election Day, which is less than a week away. So uh, join us as we pray for our country and don't forget to go out and vote. So important. Mary Meany joins us. She's our next guest, and she is the author of her book called When Expecting Doesn't Happen, Turning Infertility into a Journey of Hope. Good morning, Marie. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Give us details about your book, When Expecting Doesn't Happen. I think there are more people in this boat than we realize. Yes, isn't that the case? I guess um, we all have friends and family members who unfortunately are carrying this cross, 
And, uh, you know, about one in four couples in the U.S. is suffering from infertility. So it's, it's a big problem, and, um, and it's a huge suffering. It's, it's been compared to the loss of a child. It's simply a child that you've never had, that you never were able to hold in your arms. It, it, it can be truly heartbreaking. Take us through uh, what couples can find in your book, because I think that when it comes to something like this, uh, there is some spiritual guidance I think maybe they're looking for, but also some uh, practical uh, wisdom that comes along with it as well. Absolutely. So when I first started writing this book, um, I was um, didn't have a child yet. Uh, six years into my marriage, it took me nine years to have a nine years to have a baby. And then, um, and later, unfortunately, a miscarriage. Now we've been suffering from secondary infertility. So I wrote this in, in darkness, not knowing whether we'd ever have children. And I simply found it very hard to live day by day. I didn't know how to deal with it. And it turned out I was doing a lot of things wrong with the best of intentions. So I felt I want to write this down so that other women uh, and men who are suffering from this know what to do, and also their families and friends. So this is geared to two audiences, those who are suffering from it and those who are surrounding the suffering couples, because often they're desperate to help, they don't know what to do, and they end up saying the wrong thing <laughs> and making matters worse unintentionally. So, um, you know, a, a big pitfall, I think, is you want to be really courageous, and so you think you're going to, you know, you're going to barrel through this somehow. And, and unfortunately, that is not the way to go. It is a true big suffering for many, not for all, but for many. And so you have to mourn through this. You have to accept the fact that this is going to be really painful. And sometimes you wonder, am I doing something wrong? Why, why is this so painful? Shouldn't I, will accepting this suffering, sort of sail through it with a smile on my face? Well, no, you, you sort of have to be, you're hanging on the cross, and that is very painful. And you have to acknowledge that in order to allow for the mourning to happen and for you to be able to walk through this and turn this truly into a journey of hope. So um, I think another, another perhaps pitfall for good Catholics is to say, well, God will take care of this, which, of course, he will. But um, he's also given us medicine and great doctors. And so he wants us to go and, and try to find good treatment. Uh, you know, if we have an appendicitis, we're not going to say God will take care of it. That would be a sin against our body. We have to go and, and, and find help. And, um, and the church gives us guidance as to what kind of help uh, we should get. And that's another part of that book of explaining the church's teaching on marriage and why certain things, why certain reproductive technologies like IVF are, are not for us. Um, are unethical because they go against the dignity of the child and of the parents. The parents are not really healed of the infertility. Um, it's simply conception is replaced by technicians who then produce a child in the lab, and that is, is not appropriate for you and persons who are so precious um, and who should be surrounded by love at all times. So so a lab is not, not a place to be conceived, though I do understand um, the desperation of couples who, who want kids and who then decide to go that route, but it's really a, 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 a terrible route and it causes a lot of suffering for everybody involved. So um, and another advice that I would give to couples suffering from this is, you know, get help not just from doctors for the infertility, but also get help from a good priest or from a Catholic therapist. Don't, don't let this turn into depression. You know, this is a very heavy burden, and, um, and, and it's going to be hard to, to, to navigate it. So in t mm -hmm. for, uh, for families, I'd say, you know, silence is gold. Don't, don't bring up the topic. 
um, you, the most I would suggest is to say, look, I'm here for you if you ever want to talk about it. And otherwise, just allow the, the couple to go its own way. Uh, be compassionate. That's absolutely key. Compassion mm-hmm. means you are suffering with them. You're not trying to fix them. We would so like to help those who are suffering, who are close and dear to us. And we think, you know, we have perhaps a solution in our hands, and it often doesn't work that way. So the best you can do is allow the couple to mourn in your presence, to share its pain. And your listening will be a tremendous help. You know, you will be a Simon of Cyrene for them, helping them carry their cross. So, um, you know, uh, don't be curious about what's going on, why it is. You know, let them speak, I'd say. Uh, if you don't know how to um, announce a pregnancy, it's always very hard. You know, some members of the family have lots of kids, others don't. Um, you know, I'd say shoot an email, always easier. Seems not personal, but no, believe me, much easier for the couple to sort of get over its first pain and, and deal with it. So these are the kind of things you will, you will find in the book, and um, you will find alternatives to IVF, namely the Creighton Method and Napro Technology by a wonderful doctor, Dr. Hilgers, um, who truly uh, attempts, and very successfully, much more successfully than IVF, to heal couples. And um, and then at the end, I give you know a few few websites and and places to go to for help. And then I'm sure there are lots of Facebook groups out there as well. And perhaps mm-hmm. you want to start a group in in your parish if you're suffering from that, just to meet with other couples because that's another thing I found very helpful is simply to talk with other other people who are undergoing the same thing and realize that well, you know you're not crazy. It's it's normal that it's that hard. Marie, you took all of my interview questions and just explained them perfectly without me having to even ask you. We're getting to the holidays where we're gathering with family members. We have some family members that like to, you know, ask the questions bluntly and may not be considering the feelings of the couple. Um, So maybe this is something that we can all take into account when we read your book. Uh, But where can we go? Uh, Marie Meany, author of the book, When Expecting Doesn't Happen, Happen, Turning Infertility into a Journey of Hope. Where can we go to purchase a copy of your book? And maybe if a couple has questions for you, um, because you are very informative in, uh, in, in this topic. Sure. So it's, it's published by Emos Rose, so you can just go to their website. Then, of course, there are the usual suspects like Amazon. We don't want to, we really want to make publicity for it, but it's obviously very practical. Mm-hmm. You can get it from there. <laughs> and then, um, you can try to reach me over my Facebook account, or I've got an academic website. I'm originally an academic, though not in medicine, just in literature and philosophy at academia.edu, Marie Meany. Great. Marie, thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you so for being so open about this topic. I think a, a lot of people need to be hearing this today, so thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Gabby. Absolutely. Definitely check that out. I did post the link in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. That's facebook.com slash Catholic Community Radio. So, wow, the show has gone by so quickly. Um, And uh, Johnny, looking forward to today's closing prayer. Thank you so much for being with us today. You bet. Yeah, it's all about life, right? And so uh, Mm -hmm. what hope. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we pray for those souls going through their final purification and purgatory, not only the souls of our families and our friends, but especially the souls of those who have no one to pray for them. 
and for those servants of yours who will die today. Please pour forth your mercy upon them so that they may be freed of all impure attachments and thus be prepared to see you face to face along with all the saints in heaven. Jesus, we trust in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Greg Popchak joins us to talk about his book, How Our Family Prays Each Day, David Dawson Jr. with the Diocese of Homo Thibodeau, and so many more. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.